hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Ah! What are you doing? I'm making a decision. And you have to scream about it? Well, fear is leading my decision-making, so... Well, you shouldn't let fear lead your decision-making. Otherwise, you're going to continue to get what you don't want. How do I break the cycle, David? Well, that's exactly what we're talking about today on Queer Money Episode 378. How to overcome fear in the queer community. Well, how serendipitous. Let's get on with the show. You're listening to the Queer Money Podcast, personal finance with a rainbow twist. Queer Money is dedicated to financial independence, financial well-being, investing knowledge, and the intersection of all things money as an LGBTQ person. Queer Money is made possible by Capital One. Capital One believes that financial well-being includes your mental, physical, and financial health. Check out CapitalOne.com today. So this episode is going to be a little personal, but the only reason that we're sharing it with you all is because this is a struggle that we've been having, is a struggle that we've been noticing within the queer community in general, with people that we work with directly, and colleagues of ours who are all LGBTQ. So we thought if we're struggling with this, and then friends and clients are struggling with this, then maybe the broader community is struggling with this. And if social media is any indication of the truth, <laughs> then yeah. it, it might be it might be something that we're all struggling with. And that is that we're noticing that a lot of LGBTQ people, and David and I have noticed this about ourselves a lot recently, are making decisions, major life decisions led by fear. And we're going to talk exactly what that looks like a little bit later on, but a lot of us are making these decisions about how we dress, what we pursue as a career, what we pursue for happiness, how we create and do the work that we do, just basically showing up in life, all with this sort of layer of fear, this low energy vibration. And we've said this in episodes past, and I don't know who the original person is that said it. It's not us. But every time we say it, it gets a positive response. But fear is the false evidence appearing real. It's not the truth. Very often, it's the complete opposite of the truth. And what we are afraid is going to happen or materialize actually never does. And so we're using this low energy vibration to make major decisions because we are trying to navigate a scary world. And then those monsters rarely ever show up anyway. And when you look at major media, I don't want to say mainstream media because it has a very pejorative connotation to it anymore. But when you look at major media, a lot of what they're putting out there, especially for LGBTQ people, is fear-based because that gets clicks, that keeps eyeballs, that helps increase ad revenue. But in our day-to-day lives, for many of us, we're not actually struggling with fear that, or, or true, true fear. We're struggling with manufactured fear, fear that's going on in our head. Yeah. Well, and I think I remember reading, and I don't remember what book it was in, the, I was reading this, this about this whole idea of fear, about how we manufacture it in our own heads, that roughly 85 to 95% of the things that we worry about on a regular basis are things that never, ever happen in our lives. And it can be as simple as you feel some sort of 
pain in your body. And then, you know, automatically you're going to, oh my God, do I have cancer or I'm going to have, am I going to have a heart attack? Or, you know, we go to these kind of crazy places and, you know, it's not just about ourselves physically, but we make up, we can easily manufacture and make up stories about our lives. And, you know, you said major decisions, but even when you think about it, even if our minor decisions, the kind of decisions that we make on a daily basis are based in some sort of fear, then we know that small decisions over time add up. And that's where the major impact happens, right? People who pay their bills on time every month are the people who have a good credit score because they're doing that small step every single month. And that gives them that 800 credit score, that 820 credit score. Well, the same thing can happen in our day-to-day lives if we're if we're constantly kind of in the back of our head saying, don't do this because that might happen. Don't do this because that might happen. Don't do this because that happened to somebody else and it could happen to you. And then throw in like what you just said about the media, then all of our, if we're making all these kinds of decisions, do we think that our life is going to end up where we want it to end up if we're making decisions based on not doing something because we're scared? Yeah, we just did an interview about real estate investing with The Frugal Gay, which will come out in a couple of weeks. And we did have a segment of that interview where we talked about how there are always going to be naysayers telling you that now is the worst time to buy for whatever reason, right? Rates are are at record levels. They're not. Or the prices are going to plummet. They're not going to. There are all these reasons to not do something. And when we told our friends, some friends and family that we were going to get into real estate investing, almost every single person had a story about why real estate investing is a scary proposition. This person couldn't get rid of this tenant who was ruining their house, or this person just never had their rent paid, or or this this person had a, a flood and they could it was a money pit, they could never keep it repaired. It was just all these stories. Whereas nobody came to us and said, oh, that's other than other real estate investors, nobody came to us and was like, oh, that's really cool that you're doing that. Exciting. Keep us posted. Yeah, it was more like I'm really concerned that you're doing this, and so, and that's sort of just one example. This isn't an episode about real estate investing, but it's sort of our reptilian brain has taken over, and I think that because we're always, you know, a part of how our species survived for as long as it has, is at least initially we were always had our eyes out in search of what fear there actually was there, right? Yeah, what what, what was actually going to what right. danger was lurking in in the midst. So we always had to have that sort of level of alertness up. But now we live in one of the, and I know that people might push back on this, we're living in one of the most, in the safest, most abundant times in the world's history. Doesn't mean that there aren't issues and doesn't mean that we're living in a utopia right now. But some of the, some of the major, like there was just a report that came out that oh, it was in the psychology of money, talked about how heart disease has dropped like 30 or or, or 50% over the last 20 years. So your risk of having heart disease is considerably lower now than it was 20, 50 years ago. But we don't necessarily talk about that. What we do talk about is all the diseases that have sort of manifested and and, and taken over. We're more focused on on those, but we don't celebrate the good stuff. we're, We're always apt to talk about the negative stuff. Maybe that's a in the LGBTQ community, we're a little bit more prone to that because we have had to deal with, we do have to deal with more persistent 
challenges than maybe the general population. I mean, for example, you know, today we're obviously all watching everything that's going on with about books and drag shows and drag reading hours in states like Texas and, and, and Florida. But then, of course, in the media constantly can't stop talking about that. So I think that sort of heightens our level of fear. So it's not to say that there isn't, aren't true dangers that exist or things that we shouldn't be concerned about. But when you're, to your point, for making every decision, micro or macro, led by fear, then what are the results that we're going to get? If you believe in the law of attraction to any degree and you constantly are emitting this low energy vibration, like attracts like, well, you're going to just get low energy returns. And, you know, we've, with some of the people that we've worked with, we've heard them talk about, like, if I say or I do this thing, I'll, I'll, I'll be afraid that that people won't think that I'm, I'm queer enough or LGBTQ enough, or I haven't necessarily had the as negative or an oppressive story as everybody has. So people might not want me to share my story. I mean, I'm not oppressed enough. So, so my experiences then are invalid. Or, you know, we've hear, heard the extremes of this argument. I'm too capitalistic, so I get ostracized by the community. Or I'm, I'm too socialist and I get ostracized by the community, right? There's sort of apparently this Goldilocks sort of a zone within economic philosophy that you have to sort of navigate so as to not piss off somebody on the extremes. Or, you know, my politics don't necessarily align with the community in general. I have some unique perspectives, but I'm afraid to share that. And so I, we don't show up as our full selves. We're sort of dimming our shine to a degree so that people don't discover our truth and then we can't be our true selves. And then we are constantly lackluster about our results. Capital One strives to inspire a better financial path for everyone, including the LGBTQ community, through access to credit, tools to manage debt, and product features. Digital products such as CreditWise and Eno are designed to take the stress out of money by helping you manage credit, a key source of potential stress, and stay on top of spending without worrying all the time. Sign up for CreditWise for free today. I think you bring up a good point that I know that we've talked about this before a little bit, but I've heard a lot of other people talk about this, about how there's a lot of judgment that comes from inside the LGBT community towards each other. And we were recently attacked on Twitter for not being gay enough. The individual who was judging us said that we weren't queer. We were kicked out of the community. Right. We, 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 weren't, <laughs> we, we shouldn't be because... And then they listed a series of things which were all... I don't know how they could have come up with any of those because they don't know anything about us. But what I think what the, the important point here is that we could cower and we could hide and we could say, okay, I'm not going to do anything. I'm, I'm, but that's not being our true selves, right? The reality is the thing that we love about the queer community is that we all get to be ourselves. We get to be who we are. We get to be who we choose to be. We get to love who we choose to love. We get to use our lives and the time that we have on this earth to live our lives the way that we choose. And no one is here to tell you that you are, no one is here and no one has the right to tell you that you are not doing it in the way that you are quote unquote supposed to be doing it. Because if you're doing it the way you're quote unquote supposed to be doing it, sounds a little bit like religion, doesn't it? <laughs> Telling you that <laughs> you, you have to do things this way or you won't be approved or you won't win the reward at the end, right? Yeah. One of the things or one of the areas that this has really kind of come up for us is some conversations we've been having with some colleagues of ours and really talking about this kind of 
fuck it, I'm going to just be myself and be happy. And that means I get to choose and live the way I want to live. And that's fine if other people don't like it, especially even if that's people within the queer community. I'm not trying to prove myself to anybody else except for me. Right. And the thing is, is if you are your true self, then you'll attract more people and things into your life that align with that and support you and allow and, and foster your your happiness, your mental health. If you're constantly trying to sort of navigate these sketchy waters so, so that you make everybody happy, you don't disrupt the waters in any way, shape or form. That's just a level of anxiety and stress right. that has to affect every aspect of your life. And then, you know, if that affects your work, then you're going to produce lackluster results. And then you're not going to get that raise. You're not going to get that promotion. You're going to find it hard to get a, hard to get a better job. And if you're, if you're, your work is creating stuff, what kind of, what energy kind of energy are you putting into that creation? And this is something that David and I have noticed ourselves. And this is where it affects us is that there have been times when we're sort of, for a number of reasons, we're sort of at that low energy vibration moment but we have to create something. And so we we force ourselves to create it. And then we can tell that it didn't produce the results that we wanted. We can As tell that- As a matter that- of fact, <laughs> this is the second time we're recording this podcast episode because after, after going through it the first time, we realized that we were creating it from a very negative, low energy perspective because of some fears that we had ourselves. Right. And what our hope is with this particular episode is just to call out, this is something that we've noticed in the community. You may have experiences yourself. You might not have experiences. I don't know. But if you have experienced this yourself personally, or you notice this is going on with a friend or family or colleague in your in your own life, the goal is to acknowledge it and then see what can we do to overcome that so that not only can we alleviate ourselves of the fear, we can take that stress and that burden off ourselves, we can imp- help improve our, our mental condition, but then also create better work, do a better job, produce better returns. I, I think a lot of us, especially when it comes to money, we feel like we're separate from abundance. We feel like we're separate from the financial security. You know, it's it's something that's over there, and I've got to work or toil or do all this stuff, and someday I'll achieve that. But it's not right. here now. And sort of thinking about sort of the law of attraction and quantum physics, that if you can think it, it's already happened. It's already there. And I'm thinking a lot about content creators, people who are trying to build, or people who are trying to build their own business or build their real estate empire if that's what they're pursuing, that if you can think about it, if, if it's an idea in your mind, then it is your reality. You're not separate from it. And the more that we realize that, the easier it is to see the actual physical tangible results in our own life. But we're constantly making it harder for ourselves, thinking that we're separate from it, right? Like we don't have to be approved by anybody in the queer community. We are gay men. Can't change that. You might want to come up with all sorts of reasons why our experience is less valid than yours or somebody else's. But at the end of the day, we're still, we're gay men and you can't change that. So the same thing with abundance. We are abundant. We're not separate from abundance. You know, we have this, in this 3D world, there's this illusion of separation from all these things. But if you follow what Eckhart Tolle says and you focus on living in the moment, which is the Buddhist philosophy as well, right? Focusing on now, then and all the, the the good things that you have and all the energy that you are, you focus on the here and now and not stress about what might happen constantly, then you're able to sort of overcome that fear-based conditioning and start to produce the results in your life that you want. Whether it's simply feeling a little bit lighter, feeling a little bit happier, all the way to 
building wealth or building a real estate empire or whatever the case may be for you. Yeah. And I think that we throw this word around in our community of being fierce, right? Fierce is the opposite of fear. Fierce is means you're confident. You're confident in the decisions that you make. You're confident in the life that you are creating for yourself. And what's interesting is as gay men, oftentimes we are attracted to other gay men who are confident, not just confident because of the way that they have made themselves out to be on the exterior, but we see that confidence coming from the inside. And I would venture to say for other folks who are attracted to people, they're also attracted to that kind of confidence, right? Confidence in in being who you are. When you're confident in what you're doing, you have that positive attitude, that positive feeling. You know that you're moving in the right direction. And that's what abundance is attracted to. Abundance is attracted to that kind of confidence and happiness. When you're confident, you are happy. Not being braggadocious or overly confident, but... Yeah, there's arrogant and then there's confident. I think we're all attracted to confidence, right? Right. You see a guy walking into a bar. I don't know if that's a thing that people do anymore. But back in the day when we used to hang out at the bar and look at guys, a guy walks in with confidence and you can feel that energy when they walk in. And there's an automatic attraction to that person. Right. And what's interesting is that sometimes you'll see somebody who doesn't have the quote unquote perfect body or perfect clothing and they will walk into a room yet they exude confidence and then you see somebody else who walks into the room and they have that perfect body or they're wearing those designer clothes and you can tell that they don't have that confidence. I'm not saying that having designer clothes or having a great body means that you're not confident. What I'm trying to juxtapose here is the fact that Sometimes the confidence that comes from within inside is more attractive and more sexy and more appealing and more, you're drawn more to that than you might be to these other, maybe more superficial things that can add confidence to some people sometimes. Well, and that's, that's a great analogy there. When you think if, if those two people are up for the same job, go through the same interview process, all else being equal the person who's doing the interviewing will notice the, the difference in energy. They might not be able to articulate what the difference is, but there's a good chance that they'll say, well, guy I, or guy A, guy, guy A who exuded more confidence, guy A just, there's something about that person that I, I, I gravitate towards more. There's something about them that I like, and I feel like we could work with them, as opposed to the person who is not exuding that kind of confidence. You see that happen in all sorts of you know, you think about some of the some of the most popular characters in movies, very often they're a person who just exudes a level of confidence. And that's what we're we're sort of drawn to that, that sort of like Brad Pitt, Marlon Brando, George Clooney kind of swagger that we're kind of attracted to very many of the characters that they portray. And there's it's because there's sort of a level of, of confidence. There's an energy that they're emitting that's attracting people to a varying degree. And I said this before. I think our greatest responsibility in life is finding what our purpose is. I think we all have a purpose in life as part of why we're here. And then attuning to the frequency of its inevitability. If you, I think if you figure out what your purpose is and you know why you're here, then the inevitability of its success, and I don't like to use the word success because it has a lot of connotations to it too, but the inevitability of its fruition is there because otherwise you wouldn't have been put here. Otherwise, you wouldn't have had the idea that this is your purpose. 
those things don't happen by accident. It's all part of how the grand scheme of things, it's all part of the grand scheme of things, how everything works, works together in tandem and works with the universe and works with everybody else and everything else. It's sort of in the universe and, and on this planet. And we, when we start to realize that we're a part of that, we're not separate from it, we're a part of that, we start to realize that things are happening for us, not against us. The more we can more understand that, the better I think all of our results will be. And as I said, David and I have, have noticed this as a challenge for our own self, that these are things that we want to help overcome for our personally. And so we thought if there are a lot of people in the community, that people we work with, people that we interact with, and we're feeling this personally, that maybe this is sort of a broader challenge to people. I know this is more of an esoteric topic, but you know, when you think about it, though, it does have a huge impact on what we do with our money. 100%. Right, Because when we're confident, we make better decisions and we're going to make the kinds of decisions that are not based in fear or based in trying to hide or cover up or feel bad about something in particular. We are going to actually be working in alignment, like what, what you said, in alignment with our true purpose. And our money is going to be used for that as well, which most likely means we're going to be making better, smarter more confident money decisions. Well, yeah, we talk about the debt depression spiral a lot. One of the ways to sort of break that cycle, if you're stuck in that yourself, is to start to be cognizant of the energy that you're emitting and trying to change that, trying to adopt that air of confidence, trying to focus on the here and now and not what happened in the past or what might probably won't happen in the future. So we have three suggestions here to how to overcome sort of this level, this pervasive fear that seems to be permeating throughout the community. And the first is to be truly authentic, not faux authentic. And we think there is maybe because of the proliferation of social media, there seems to be this sort of faux authenticity. If I, you know, there's the virtuosity we've all talked about or heard about virtue signaling. There's sort of this like fake sort of, this is who I am but it's not who I am because I'm just trying to get the clicks and the likes and the shares. And I, even though you might not be a, a content creator and don't have your business on social media, I've seen a lot of people sort of exude this on their own personal feeds. So it's something that people do. The idea is to be truly authentic. And that might take a lot of self-discovery. That might require a lot of work because as we talked about before, we have a lot that's been projected on us even before birth, that we're not exactly sure who we are. So that might take a lot of work, but that work is important because it'll help you get to the place that you want to be. I'll add that it's also important to remember that your authenticity comes from you deep, deep down inside. So be very careful with how we take what other people are saying about us, mm -hmm. right? When we right. are being told that you're not this enough, or you're not that enough, or you're too much, or, you know, whatever that may be, be careful that you're not covering up your authenticity to please them. Don't dim your shine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Number two, David? The next one is to be vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> Easy for you to say. Yeah. And of course, the level of vulnerability, vulnerability that you share with others. <laughs> See, in the past, we would have edited that out, recorded the whole episode over again. But we're going to leave that in here because that's I'm sure that other people have trouble saying vulnerability. <laughs> <laughs> the level of vulnerability that you share with others really depends on your relationship with them, right? But one of the interesting things is that when you are slightly more vulnerable with people, whether it's your friends or your family, your therapist, of course, that's probably the first person you should be most vulnerable with, or your spouse, 
be vulnerable with those people that just really draws you closer. Your relationship with them will expand. And it also allows you to get some genuine, honest feedback from people who may be able to say to you, yeah, that's a load of bullshit. You don't need to believe that. You don't need to be worried about that. Yeah, 100%. And this particular step came from, we're part of a mastermind group of other LGBTQ business owners and content creators. And we've all sort of had this breakthrough recently where we've all agreed that we need to start being more vulnerable vulnerable within See? the... <laughs> <laughs> God, it's contagious, like yawning. We've decided that we need to be start to be more vulnerable within the group so that we can actually help each other better, right? If we're not showing up as our true selves, then these other people who we're relying on to help us with our personal growth as well as our business growth, they can't actually do that because we're always holding the cards close to our chest. We've got to show our hand. That way they can see the truth and then provide honest, constructive feedback on how to improve or to cheer us on if things are going well. Step number three here is to ask for help without shame. I think so many of us, it's becoming, I think, less pervasive. I think now we're sort of entering a culture where people aren't as afraid to ask for help, but I think that there's still a sense of fear with asking for help, a sense of inferiority with asking for help. So start to ask for help and not feel shame of doing it. There is a quote that came from a book that's now turned into an Oscar-nominated movie that hopefully will win Best Short Animation. Animated Short. Animated Short. It's what I'm voting for, but I'm not part of the Academy. (laughs) But I want to share the quote because I think it's very poignant to this. In The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse, it said, asking for help isn't giving up, said the horse. It's refusing to give up. And that I think resonate when I first read that, that really resonated with me. It's I think a lot of people have this perception that asking for help means I'm quitting. Or you're weak. Or you're weak. But it's not. It's saying, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what to do, but I'm not ready to give up. So is there somebody that can help me? And if you can help me, please do so. And that actually that exudes a sense of strength, right? Because nobody knows everything. Nobody can do everything. Everybody has a bad day, a bad week, a bad year. So asking for help kind of shows the strength that despite whatever I've been feeling, I don't want to quit. So give me the resources or the support that I need. Please help me out. Those are our three tips. And there are three tips for you that we're sharing because they're actually three habits, characteristics we're trying to adopt so that we can produce better results ourselves, both for our personal lives as well as for our business. Yeah. So with the idea of being more vulnerable and sharing with many of you, John and I have just kind of want to say that we're making some commitments to you about how we're going to start showing up and we will start to have more fun, hopefully. And we are going to stop editing ourselves to try to please certain groups within the larger global population and people within our own community. We are going to be our true selves and we're going to be a little bit more honest. And we hope that you have the ability to be honest with us if you want to share with us the some things that you like or don't like, because being vulnerable also means you open yourself up to some feedback. And we're certainly fine with that. Exactly. So thank you for listening to this. Hopefully this resonated with you. Please stay tuned for your queer money takeaway from this episode. Make sure to check out more ways that Capital One can help you achieve financial well-being at CapitalOne.com. That's CapitalOne.com.
Thank you for listening to the episode. Here is your criminy takeaway. As FDR said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. <laughs> fear is keeping you from living at your highest vibration, and that's keeping you from everything you truly want. That's what we found. Join us in committing to quitting your fears today. Then join us this Thursday when we talk about the state of healthcare in the queer community. And then next Tuesday, when we share how you can use a self-directed IRA to better prepare for retirement. Thank you and have a great week. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.